0: Hi, my name is Melissa Braddock. I'm on the Canadian national team for karate, um, and you're listening to the Pro Sport Podcasters.
1: We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind.
2: It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Colbert Durand, and Justin Williams.
3: On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering
2: every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the
1: media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off.
2: Are you ready to stay fit this winter? Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada
1: sign up now to their mobility and movement program use the code psp15 to get 15 percent off the one-time purchase of the program
3: then it's yours forever no additional subscriptions or fees the program is available worldwide now back to the show
2: Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one-third of your host today. That's right. There's three of us on this episode, so you know it's fantastically special and awesome, and I make words up all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the one that knows so much about NFTs, and if you haven't yet, please go to our website, prosportspodcasters.com and subscribe for our newsletter. Please welcome the man who makes me sound amazing on the mic, Mr. Colbert de Kobe, how you doing?
1: I'm, I'm fantastic, buddy. I'm fantastic, my. Cricked Neck is gone. I'm walking somewhat normal now. (laughs) But I I have to disagree with the whole myth thing. I am not a myth. I'm legit.
2: (laughs) Well, you're legit to me because I see you all the time. But some people may not have seen you. Some of our fans may think you're fake. I don't really know. But speaking of fake, we have this gentleman over here who is not fake. He's 100% real. I've met him many times. met him on set. <laughs> I met him on set for the first time, and that's where I learned about the expression "bum steer." He has an amazing accent, and apparently the camera loves that. Helps with weight loss somehow. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our brother from down under, Mr. Nee Wallace Bruce. Nee, how you doing?
3: Yes, the accent does make me ten pounds lighter on camera. Uh, I was I was wondering where you were going when you let up with fake. I was like, oh, okay, better pay attention to this. <laughs> but you, you turned it around well there, Justin.
2: Thank you. Unlike Team Canada last night at the uh, men's soccer game, which you two had the chance to go to. That was awesome. I mean, Kobe, you must have been happy that Jamaica won. Uh, but that's that's not the point. Ladies and gentlemen, Kouair Duran and mister New- Wallace Newellis-Bruce, we have a special guest with us today. She's actually been on the show before. We got to have a bit chin wiggle about karate, something that I'm very uh, fortunate to have practiced in my life, holding a black belt in Goju karate, which is empty hand way. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, this woman has been to the Pan Am Games before and she is an all-around amazing person and an awesome fighter too. Please welcome Melissa Paratic. Melissa, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
2: All right. Well, I mean, let's just start off right away with the Pan Am Games. How was it for you? Like, how did you find the experience?
0: Oh, it was amazing. I, I, I think it was my top experience thus far. Um, it's my first Games, and I, I don't know. Everything was just amazing about it, like like the, the environment, the team, the setup, um, the host country, Chile. They really treated us well. Um, it was a beautiful venue. Yeah, nothing to complain about really.
2: <laughs> That's it. How was your Spanish? Would you walk around kinda confused or were you uh <laughs> oblong? well?
0: Uh, no I've I've been to South America a handful of times. We always go there for our Pan American championships and sadly I haven't picked up on much or any Spanish. I did take it in high school for about two years and I learned the basic like beginning of a conversation, but not enough to get around. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, as long as you can ask for food and where is your hotel, I feel like you're relatively okay. Now, for the Pan Am Games itself, you were in a very high intense situation given the fact that it is karate. And when I was doing Pan Am in 2015, I always found that atmosphere and environment super, super fun. After your fights, did you get interviewed by GNS, the Games News Services?
0: Um, I got interviewed by uh, CBC and uh, I think just our, our organization, Karate Canada. Uh, mm. But I don't believe I got interviewed by uh, by DNS.
2: Oh, okay. When I was working for the Pan Am Games, they had us like run out to people and they made me in charge of people who lost. So like, yeah, go talk uh, to that big person about why they lost. And I'm like, yeah, oh, this I'll is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, uh, you have like impressive victories. So, I mean, obviously they're going to talk to a champion and congrats on, uh, I believe you got bronze if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you.
2: Oh, no worries. You had to win the last one to get that. So you know what? Congratulations. You're uh, you're in the Hall of Fame now, as far as I'm concerned for it. Uh, what's next for your career?
0: So it was a, it was a bit of an intense last year um, with the whole qualification for the games and then obviously the prep for the games and then the games themselves. So right now I'm actually focusing the next few months on just recovering my body. I do have a few injuries that I'm looking to maintain and possibly fully recover from. They've been ongoing for the past uh, few years. So now with a little bit of time, it's always to take care of the body. And then after that, I'm um, looking forward to the new the new year. 2024 24 has a few lined up events, and then the whole cycle starts again for the next games.
2: Brilliant. Can't wait to see you out there again.
3: Yeah, and congratulations, like Justin said, on, on the medal. It's it's a great achievement. Take us behind the curtain, if you don't mind, in terms of the Santiago experience. What was it like being in the village? And also, did you, did you get time to spend time in chile outside of the games,
0: yeah, the overall experience was great. Like I said, the Canada had their own like Canada house there, so I was with a lot of the Canadian athletes um, from different sports. Whoever was competing in that time frame, we were there for about seven days. So it was it was great to kind of interact with other athletes, all representing the same country, um, and then I'll, of course mingle with other countries and and different sports from other areas of the world. So that was super enjoyable. Uh, and in terms the downtown was great, but this trip I just didn't leave. It didn't. I didn't have to. Food, accommodations, rehab, training—everything was in the village, so there was no need to.
3: Awesome. I gotta ask: Was there a McDonald's at the uh, <laughs> village? In the village? Yes.
0: No, unfortunately not. I would have definitely gone there right after my fights. It's a ritual of mine actually. After every competition, I go and I hit up a McDonald's and grab myself a Big Mac. To, to eat in my room. <laughs> but no, not the village, unfortunately. They did have kind of like a, a burger vendor in the cafeteria that I was trying to get a hold of. All seven days I was there and unfortunately wasn't able to get a burger. So, Oh no. <laughs> they were always gone when I got there. So
3: <laughs> you got to go back because Chile, that part of South America is, is known for its beef. Is that right, Kobe? You went down there. Argentina has the best beef. Ah.
1: Chile actually known for its vegetables.
3: Oh, okay. All right. So maybe you didn't miss out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. I got to get real with you. Uh, you've gone to a number of Pan American Games. You've come back with a lot of bronze medals. Yeah. Is that becoming a bit bittersweet?
0: Yeah. So I'll just clarify. I've only been to one Games, but I've been to multiple Pan American championships. So just a single sport. But the okay. same girls, they were there. The same people, uh, people I usually fight, anyways. Just a different titled event. Yeah, it's a bit bittersweet. Actually, it's a lot bittersweet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I always come close to the finals and just miss it by a hair. And it's either because of an injury or just like an off day that day. And then some days you just gen- lost flat out. And those ones are the hardest to swallow because it's just like, well, there goes my, my gold medal again. But nonetheless, it keeps me coming back to, to pursue that gold. So. Definitely not giving up.
1: Does the bronze of the Pan American Games actually help you qualify for the Olympics?
0: Uh, unfortunately, karate is no longer in the Olympic Games. We were in for 2020 in Tokyo, uh, the tester sport. Um, and then for unknown reasons, we, we aren't, or at least no, reasons that I don't know of. We won't uh. be in the 2024. Uh, and we tried again for 2028, and we just found out, I think, October 15th, 16th, that we will not be in the 2028 Olympic Games either, so... It was a big. Uh, it was it was a sad day in the karate community.
1: That's for sure. Yeah, that's a bit of a letdown. Actually, I thought that was a pretty yeah. exciting sport to have in it. Yeah. Now, when I look at the the standings, first of all, the South American teams did quite well. Is that is that a usual thing?
0: In the, in the karate? Yes. Yeah, there there are some powerhouses in the South American uh, countries, uh, like Brazil and uh, and Venezuela and some others. Um, and they're just globally kind of on the on the up. Unfortunately, Canada's not quite there yet, but um we'll see in, in the near future.
1: <laughs> and a lot of people would not be aware of this. I myself am not hundred percent sure about it. but so in the Pan American games, there are two bronze medals awarded in every category. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a third place competition, correct?
0: No, and, and that goes for a lot of karate events. There's always a, uh, two third or two bronze medals given out. And that's just because of the pools, how they're divided and how the brackets work out. That, um, you'll have like the winner from one pool go to the finals and the winner from the other pool go to the finals or, or the overall brackets if you have multiple pools, however it works out, how many competitors there are. And then the person that the, that finalist beats stays and fights for bronze in both pools. So that's why we always end up with the two bronze.
1: Okay, so that's normal across the majority of karate competitions. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, yeah, I just thought that was something I hadn't really noticed before. So it was interesting to see that there was, you know, multiple bronze medals awarded. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little bit unique in comparison to a lot of other sports.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, definitely something.
1: Now, when you say you're focused on healing, does that mean you're doing very little training at all?
0: It's just kind of different training. So I won't be pushing the karate training as much. I'll be focusing more on rehab training. So a lot of like um, uh, weighted exercises, um, joint specific exercise to to strengthen those joints, cardio, that kind of stuff. So just kind of putting the gloves away for a little bit until they come back on when my body's kind of back there to take it again.
1: And as you've aged, is it becoming more difficult to remain in the same category? Are you considering moving up?
0: Uh, no, I think my my weight class is a good division for me. I've kind of been able to maintain that weight for the last uh, six years now, so I don't plan on, on changing weight classes. Okay, excellent, excellent.
3: Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the the, the two bronze medals because I remember I learned this actually watching boxing at Sydney two thousand. So I, I remember they awarded two bronze medals for competition back then. And I asked my dad, what, "What's going on?" And he said, "Oh yeah, that's always the thing in." particularly in boxing, that, that's what they did. They they just awarded uh, two bronze medals. So you know, there's a little throwback memory for me there. Uh, I, I do wonder if that's a, a combat sports thing, but I'll have to dig into that a little bit deeper. But uh, Melissa, riddle me this. So the Olympics is unfortunately not a situation for you because I'll say it, the French don't do karate, do they? Is, is karate big in France?
0: Yeah, it actually is. They're one of the top countries in the whole karate like community. Like they are have a, a crazy amount of world medals, um, European Games medals. Um, they're actually a big powerhouse and have a, a really, really nice training facility as well. <laughs> that's why that it was makes, so surprising.
3: <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. Usually they, you know, give the host country a couple of you know events that are favorable to them. <laughs> yeah, softball that's, medals. That's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like that's...
0: <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're also good at other sports, and maybe those were the ones that kind of were chosen over karate, but not quite sure.
3: Indeed. In any case, there's still the Commonwealth Games that are in your future. Is that something that you would be looking at for 2026?
0: I don't believe karate is in the Commonwealth Games. We haven't been for the past little while. I did hear um, news that we could possibly be in, but I haven't heard any confirmations yet, so... Not too clear on that.
3: Jeez Louise, I need to get onto the WKF. What is going on?
0: I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, we we're in like the World Combat Games. We're in the um, World Games. We're in the Pan Am Games. We're in a lot of other games, but the Commonwealth Games and, and the Olympic Games, we aren't.
3: Yeah, that's probably That's problematic considering the number of kids that do karate and yeah. it's it's you know gender equal. Women and men do it. It's it's a good sport to be the Olympic. It needs to be there, right? All yeah. right, while I get heated, Justin, please, continue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just to add to the heating there, uh, they added breakdancing, or breaking as they call it, to the 2024 games. They added sports climbing, which I don't know what that is. That just sounds super generic. Skateboarding and surfing, apparently.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, very interested to see breakdancing over karate. Uh, <laughs> I, for one, am not a fan of that. but. Who knows? Maybe somebody dancing on cardboard could be more entertaining. I'm not sure. I thought that was a
1: TikTok. Hold on, though. Two of the best breakdancers in the world are from France, so there you go.
2: Oh, there. Right. Also, while we're on the topic of France, everybody who I fought in Kumite who was from France, they didn't survive me. Like, let's just. I'm like five for zero against the French. Brazil is a different story, but the French people, I have their number. Anyways,
3: wait one more. While we're French bashing, uh, Joel Embiid is a coward for going to the U- U.S. instead of playing for France <laughs> or Cameroon. Okay,
2: go on. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Anyways, so Melissa, when it comes to your training regiments and everything, when you're when you're prepping for your your weight category, how much? Time do you need in order to cut weight if you cut any weight at all we've had mma fighters on the show and some of them are like man when well, as soon as i get the call i start cutting right away others we've had are like i don't cut and some of them are like i cut like a day or two before
0: yeah I, i'm very fortunate that i don't have to cut i always sit at like um, about a kilo or two under and i'm comfortable with that in my division i did at one point drop super low to the point where i was gonna continue in a different like a lighter division in the minus 61 i was debating on it and that was just we weren't sure. It was just like a random few months where I was just dropping really like crazy, and then and ways we switched to my my nutrition, my weight training, and weight came back right right up. So thankfully, I don't have to cut. Um, so for me, it's more so maintaining my weight, so pushing the appropriate weights and eating the like the amount I should be eating to maintain the the muscle that I have.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, also, back to format for competitions. I know when I used to do it, they, we used to have like katas, as I can see that that was the result of, but I keep seeing individual. Were there team katas at Pan Am Games?
0: No, I think that the team katas are usually at the like, um, individual karate events, so either like the Pan American Championships or the World Championships, but the games, they don't have team kata, uh, nor do they have team kumite, um, just the individual events.
2: Okay, I've never actually never fought in team kumite before. That just sounds amazing. That's because you're not a team player. but. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. I do better solo. I'm.
0: Yeah.
2: I am the it's, team Kobe. It's, the team team it's not like four though.
0: on four. It's it's one them Oh the, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like
2: Never did that though. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. It's a fun event for sure.
2: So do you practice a lot of, of kata then?
0: I don't. I haven't in about I don't even know ten years now. I did do it while getting my belt and going up to a black belt and a little bit when I was a black belt. But once I started to focus on kumite and and, and the fighting aspect of it, I just went fully into it. And there wasn't um, a good translation between kata and kumite for the way how I trained. So I just focused on the sparring aspect. Um, I do teach the, the kids it, but it just doesn't correlate with my kumite training. So there wasn't really a need to continue training with it. Although it is good to know, and it's part of the martial art 100%. And no disrespect to kata athletes, they they are they are great with Rawa, what they do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I for one fully gave up kata as soon as I got my black belt. Yeah. I remember going to the dojo, and not so much my sensei, more like my senpais would be like, "Oh, there's a kata you can learn." I'm like, "I bet there is,"
0: <laughs>
2: but I'm gonna go teach people how to fight. Like that's just that's just my thing. Yeah, and I don't know, it's something better about looking some like your opponent in the eye and being like, "All right, how are you gonna take me down?"
0: Yeah, kata is great in it on its own it kind of has like the performance element of it and people who are into the performance and like the perfection aspect of it and the choreo, almost like a choreography, um, idea to it. It didn't really speak to me too much and honestly I think I was a little too like tall for kata. I think kata athletes tend to be on like the shorter end just because like the stances look better and at least from what I've seen they're all kind of smaller. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I can kind of confirm that most people who did well in Team codas, especially all tend to be the same height, which, you know, cute. But my my front kick is going to get to you before your punch tries to get to me. So, points for me. Who
0: knows? Me. You never know. Some of them might be craft training.
1: Yeah, I mean, true, true, true. No. <laughs> yeah, I assume that goes for weapons cottages as well, right?
0: Yeah, I, the sport that I do are like the... The style that I do, we don't really do weapons, so I can't really speak on behalf of that. Um, everything we do is empty-handed. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of aspects of karate and martial arts that do use weapons. Um, and they're pretty impressive. I think they make their own routines as well, and they have their own stuff going on. Whereas the style that I do, we have preset kata routines or forms. So you can like, kind of choose from like a selection of, of katas, really.
1: Have you ever thought about competing in any full contact events?
0: i get asked that a lot um i would love to i love martial arts i love any combat sports to, to begin with but i just don't think my body could could take it i have really bad joints <laughs> so i don't think at my age now i'd be able to condition them to the point where they'd be able to take such strong impacts like the legs um all the kicks that i throw are, are waist up so i'm not conditioned to take leg kicks i did do some kickboxing here and there <laughs> and taking those leg kicks was was pretty fun like a, they were, they were painful.
1: <laughs> Have you tuned into any karate combat, the new promotion? Uh, it's got Bass Rutan and George St. Pierre kind of as the faces of the franchise.
0: Yeah, I do see them here and there. They're fun to watch. Um, we were looking forward to kind of going and seeing them in person eventually. Um, I know my partner, Daniel, he was interested in fighting a few fights. So oh, yeah. that's still on the table. So we'll see if... Um, what happens with that? I won't I won't speak too much about it. <laughs> but
1: so, hold on. So, when watching them, do you see it as a true representation of karate or no?
0: I think that the fighters that come from WKF karate, mm-hmm. you can really see the sport karate and how it translates into full contact. And it's interesting to see because the techniques we throw in the sport aspect are something that i would relate more to tag or like fencing because okay. it's so bouncy um we fight from a long distance it's very quick and then you kind of go in for a point so the you still hit it's enough to kind of get someone's head to kind of fly back a bit but it's not enough to knock out so i would say that we win more with the speed so the techniques change a lot because of that because you're just trying to be as quick as possible in and out whereas the combat you have to kind of creep into distance and get enough range to throw a a knockout punch so it does change in that aspect so it's super interesting to see how they kind of translate that into the full contact and then there's a wide variety of fighters in the, in the karate combat i would say sport or community that come from all different types of areas of martial arts and you can see what they kind of bring to the table and it's it's super interesting to see
1: so would you say that the the biggest difference between the two is the utilization of combinations in karate combat versus trying to land one perfect strike.
0: Yeah, there's yeah, there's like a flurry of punches in, in the karate combat and there's a bunch of combinations that can be thrown. And the the ground pound is, is super unique to karate combat as well. We don't have that in, in the sport at all. But yeah, the sport karate, we do throw combos. But again, the only thing that's going to score the point is the final punch. So even if you throw one, two, three, the third one is going to be the one that scores... Not really. The 1-2, those are more like your setups. Um, and they're more to kind of creep in and gain that distance. Because you are fighting at sometimes a meter, a meter and a half apart when you're moving around the ring. So it can get pretty far.
1: Oh, okay. So so really, maybe distance is the biggest difference.
0: Yeah, that's what I would, I would definitely compare the distance as being pretty far apart. In some karate matches, the distance does creep in close. When you have like a high intensity, two high intense fighters. But the, the fighters range so differently in, in the sport community where you have people who just circle non-stop and they're kind of just like floating and bouncing around side to side, never really standing still at any moment and you have other fighters who kind of go stationary and they go right in front of each other and it's kind of like a sudden death or samurai match which who's going to throw the first punch and who's going to land it and who's going to be quicker, uh, who's going to make the other person kind of make the mistake and then capitalize kind of thing.
1: And then how does the the mat size differ between the two?
0: The sport ring is 8 by 8 meters um, and I'm not 100% sure how large the karate combat ring is or pit is.
1: Okay, okay, fair enough.
2: Yeah, so I kind of watched it too and I was like this kind of looks like karate but kind of not, mm-hmm. but I like it, but I'm also it wasn't kind of what I grew up with. I grew up with, with Gojuru, Empty Handway. Yeah. Is is that the style that you trained in or what style did you train?
0: Uh, I always in Shotokan. So the, yeah. the traditional long one.
2: <laughs> Which is interesting because I remember my sensei talking about how we would worked Shotokan in Goju, so which is all I knew at the time. I only just knew karate, like Goju. I guess that's a combination of a bunch of different karates, hybrid somehow. I'm not sure, but uh, we worked a lot of jujitsu in ours. Oh, okay, quite a lot.
0: I think, from my understanding, Goju is pretty close range, right? And you exchange a good amount of hits and a lot of like takedown focused martial art.
2: Yeah, so there was a lot of like hip checking and yeah. tripping and arm bars and. Yeah. It looked like Muay Thai meeting Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yeah. at times. Yeah, that's it. Right. So each other was interesting. Have you ever tried exploring different uh, karate avenues in terms of styles?
0: Uh, karate, not so much. But the martial arts as a whole, I've, I have tried different martial arts and kind of dabbled in different ones for fun, not seriously, just to kind of take a break from karate and do something else and see how they kind of translate. But in terms of karate, I have, not i always stuck with Shotokan. And for us, I believe, like, Shotokan and, and the other styles were more kata oriented um, at least for myself. Mm-hmm. Kumite was always the same amongst all of them. No matter what style you came from, Kumite kind of looked the same, especially when you go to, like, the um, at least in the WKF community, they, it all looks the same no matter where you come from.
2: Oh, okay. I wish I, wish I knew more about this <clears throat> when I was, I guess, practicing more religiously. I don't know if that, that would have changed or kind of altered my decisions for the future, but at least when I was growing up there wasn't really an avenue for us that I knew of anyways to explore and kind of show our competition outside of like tournaments. And like I me- I don't remember my sensei ever discussing about Pan Am being an option or anything. So I'm glad to see us growing in that regard. And maybe I just missed the boat or maybe my sensei was not up to date. I'm I'm not sure, but
0: Yeah, sport card has been around for, for a long time. I think well into sixties, seventies, even where like where it really kind of started to take Flight. They were really trying for the games, like the Olympic Games in the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands and now the late two thousands. So the sports has been changing and evolving for the last forty years. My father came from that. My previous coach and my now coach—they're all kind of different generations of it. So it's interesting to see how the sports changed. But those avenues i were were almost always there. Mm-hmm. Not sure when the games, the Pan Am Games, they got in, indicted into.
2: Not sure. Uh, if you can give any advice to a younger karate athlete, what would you what would you tell them?
0: Oof. Um, I would definitely tell keep your them, hands up. <laughs> I would, de- yeah, keep your hands up, keep moving, <laughs> don't get caught in the corner. <laughs> um, yeah, the usual. Yeah, <laughs> but outside of it, I just I would say like not to give up. I know that's a generic one, but um, especially in a combat sport, you know, you're gonna get physically knocked down, and it's super important to stand back up and keep trying because. You never know what could happen after that. You know, sixth, seventh, eighth, twentieth, fiftieth stand up. Like the tables will turn, and if you keep working at it, you'll achieve what you want to get.
2: You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Melissa, it was awesome having you back on the show. We love you so much, and always we follow your success. You. Where can our fans find you on uh, social media?
0: Ah, uh, you can find me on Instagram, just my name there, Melissa Braddock. I'm on TikTok as well, at Melissa Braddock, and I'm looking to get into YouTube very soon. So. Hopefully putting I'll be putting out some training vlogs and you know, day in the life of, of me <laughs> if you're interested in following on that.
2: Uh sounds good. I just gave you a follow, as I'm sure most of our fans will after this. Thank you. By the way, her last name is spelt B-R-A-T-I-C. Now
1: it it's Daniel is
0: Yes, Daniel Gajinski
1: If he's serious about going into karate combat, Tommy's gotta be on our show first.
0: <laughs> sure. So he is uh he is the only and I guess for the time being, only and ever will be Canadian Olympic athlete, for karate at least. So, I'm a... I'm a Damn. He can. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> they took it out just in time where no one else could top it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, definitely, I'll get, I'll get him to reach out and if he's serious about it. He's always dabbling with different things, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, stay tuned. <laughs>
1: where, what would be his weight class?
0: That's what uh, we've been trying to figure out maybe the light heavyweight okay he used to be heavyweight in the karate world but i think he'd be considering cutting a little bit
1: all right and you had one last thing i had down want to ask you had mentioned that you felt canada was sort of lagging behind quite a lot of other countries when it came to karate why is yeah. that
0: yeah there's quite a few factors actually to begin with karate doesn't get uh, i know a lot of sports are in the same boat but uh, i can only speak on behalf of karate we don't get much funding from anybody like I'm talking about zero. Like, I pay for all my competitions to go to, except for multi-games events, like the Pan Am Games, or sport Cans.
1: Okay, yeah. And and Justin, when you had mentioned earlier how, like, you had never saw a pathway to becoming truly competitive in karate. Mm -hmm. Even in my day, it was like I had done a number of different martial arts, but I decided, you know, I wouldn't mind competing for Canada if possible. And I asked around, and I was actually told. You want to try and compete for Canada in karate? You should probably go to this particular sensei or dojo. Mm-hmm. If I at that time, if I wanted to compete for Canada in taekwondo, they were like just join Chung's gym in Brampton because he's on the selection committee. Yeah, half his students would be, would be representing Canada in taekwondo. So a lot of it came down to if you were in the right dojo at the time, because some exactly. some dojos didn't care. Yep. They're not in it to train athletes. They're in it to just, you know, teach the, the discipline involved the with this sport. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and that's that's 100% accurate. I I'd still like that today. You know, martial arts and karate are such a, they're such big names. Like, everybody knows what a martial art, everybody knows what karate is, but yeah. nobody knows the sport aspect of it. It's a very, very small community, especially in North America and then Canada in particular, too, where the sport route is very, very limited and slim. There's only I think in Ontario a handful of clubs that really train the sport aspect that have had or have athletes that have pursued the the national team. Yeah,
1: right? So that it's it's literally yeah. got to be a a a key aspect of that particular dojo or you're kind of left to your own devices.
0: Yeah. And majority of those club senseis that do pursue a sport karate, they come from overseas. They come from Europe or uh, another country or wherever. They, they come from somewhere else. They're not really raised in, the, in Canada to, to know it. Ah, so okay. they bring it from their countries and what they've experienced. and In other countries, sport karate is really big. Whenever I go to any other competitions, you see it on like the TVs there. They'll, they'll have the, the fights going on. The athletes are treated well. It's recognized as a sport. But yeah, North America... Not not quite Still like that.
1: Still secondary, yeah. Yeah,
0: but and a lot of amateur sports are like that, and Friday's not the
1: only one. That's right. It's, yeah, it's just the way it is here. Yeah. All right. All right, cool, Melissa. Good having you on again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into to the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, com.
3: On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our youtube channel and deals from our affiliate partners
1: you can also sign up to become a psp insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips sponsor giveaways and insider newsletter so don't miss out on the full pro sports podcast's
3: experience
2: where no sport is left behind